Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Galley Chat. This is a new podcast by me, James Pickersgill. Um, it'll also be the last time I say my second name because that's a wasting precious seconds on um, this podcast which I could be using to tell you what my favourite cheese is or what happened when I jumped out of a plane with no parachute but you'll have to wait till episode 6 for them precious seconds but yeah I had the idea of um, starting this podcast because I'm a fan of podcasts stuff like Shag Married Annoyed I listen to the Views podcast with the Vlog Squad uh, for sports, I like obviously the Peter Crouch podcast and Unfiltered was the in Heath. Just a few options just to give you uh, something to listen to during this second lockdown. But I'll try not focus on obviously lockdown or coronavirus because, like Rosie and Chris Ramsey on Shag Married Annoyed, they're trying to focus on the happy parts and focusing on people's feelings and making sure you start the episode you might be feeling a bit down but you end the episode with a smile on your face which is the most important thing because like I say it's been a troubling time with everyone like everyone's emotions are up high and it it has been hard you just you don't know what the future holds and obviously jobs are insecure and stuff like that and obviously mine well, my industry is obviously quite insecure at the minute, but we might go into that a bit later. But for me, for this podcast, it is just going to be about journeys and basically what we go through to reach this current point in life and the hard times we've been through, the good times. Normally, I don't like the list, like the sound of my own voice, so it's good that I'm starting a podcast. And then obviously if like I might stumble a bit, you might hear a bit of e uh, but it's just my way of talking and it's gonna be unedited this podcast. It's literally just gonna be me talking and obviously for the first episode it's just me like diving deep into like my life and what's happened and it's gonna get quite personal. Um but the future ones obviously i had an idea to interview like fellow crew um obviously who i work with who i've yet to work with and basically talk about their journeys because the industry i'm in right now is obviously aviation so we've been basically all the way around the world like so there's memories they've got from there that we'll obviously be talking about like trips we've done and stuff we've done down route um, obviously the acceptable stuff that we can say um, and obviously like them growing up and previous jobs they've had so obviously like I said this first episode is just going to be an introduction to me obviously what I've been through and then obviously on from there it's going to be different guests and it's going to be obviously chats with them um, I'm going to try and get out at least one episode a week Obviously, I, I haven't decided which day I'm going to obviously record and post after this one. Because obviously I don't want to, like, you know, go up against uh, bigger podcasts. But it says it's a start. But like it says, we're going to delve into my life today. We're going to obviously start with 
like school and what obviously I went through with school and then obviously we'll go through jobs and like family and just basically what I've lived through in my 20 oh my god I got my age wrong 29 years of life um but yeah so yeah here we go so obviously like I said I'm 29 uh, I live in a little village called Greenside in the northeast of England I've obviously lived here all my life um, I'm on to my third home um, obviously I've had my own place since I was 18 years old so obviously it's, it's 11 years last month um, obviously it's enjoyable um, obviously I currently live with my little sister and her daughter um, my family is very important my family values are very high in my life and uh, obviously I care for them a lot I don't see them as much as I spend majority of time in bed uh, which I get told off by my family and my friends because they might send me a message and go oh well you're not even going to see this because you're not even awake it's like before midday um, obviously I've got my mum and dad um, who obviously I love very much I obviously don't tell them as much as I should but obviously they know um, I've got three sisters I've got my oldest Emma who's 31 yeah I think there 31 who's got a 10 year old daughter Madison um, obviously I have a middle which is my twin Sarah funny enough um, she's same age as me and we're not identical but she lives in Australia um, obviously she's been living there for about six years and she's literally just got married um, last week and then obviously I've got my younger sister Amy who's 27 and she's got a four-year-old um, daughter Holly um, my two nieces are literally like my favorite people in the world like when I'm away for work obviously the missus like my niece Holly she thinks because obviously sometimes she drops us off at the airport so she's like oh I'm gonna miss you when you're at the airport and I think she literally thinks I go in the airport and then just stay like for one of the trips we do is like a Singapore Sydney which is a nine day trip Um, so I think she thinks I'll just stay in the airport for nine days but after nine days I'll get sick of W Smith I'll get sick of Greg's and basically just looking at departure boards but um, yeah like I say they're literally my world Um, obviously I'm quite close to my family we don't really have many arguments just the normal amount is what um normal siblings do um obviously in regards to my twin obviously like you say she lived lives out in perth australia um which obviously i'll get to on soon about the journey i made there um i found quite a good like uh childhood and grown up um, I can't remember much from obviously when I was younger. Obviously, I can remember pictures when I'm just covered in mud and just enjoying life with no cares in the world. Obviously, I remember playing Kirby with the neighbourhood friends and then just literally having the time with them, which you don't really see much now. If you do see people out and about, it's normally just the on the phones the like you know could be drinking in some park 
which actually no you don't really see that much they're normally literally just on the phones but in my village like we've had like certain families that obviously have been close to during this time so obviously you've got like a family that like I'm best mates with obviously we like always used to play out together and obviously go on like different walks and childhood adventures uh, obviously like literally my best mate obviously we still like play xbox together when we can and um, obviously he's now married with a child and another one on the way so obviously we don't really get to do that as much and obviously now we can it with that lockdown um but like i said it was a good childhood and obviously going through school it was school was it was troubling at times um, obviously i wasn't bad at school but there was obviously bad times like you know bullying is rife in schools and obviously they they try and say that it's not but it is and obviously i was bullied um obviously not as much as like some people have went through but obviously i had like name calling and stuff like that because i do have a funny last name so you know they would think of names to go with uh my last name which is you know you can you can laugh off so much but says i had I had a bit of that during primary school and then obviously when i went to secondary school obviously there was a bit there it was obviously verbal then you know you might get the odd slap about and stuff like that not like serious but when stuff like happy slapping was quite popular in schools obviously it got that a few times but obviously it says now you just have to laugh it off which you sh you shouldn't really like nowadays obviously it's all on social media and stuff and obviously you can't get away from that really obviously you can disable like social media and stuff but obviously there's just cases you've heard of like children who've sadly obviously took their own life during that because of bullying and because of like social media bullying um but it's always a good thing to be able to speak to someone like you never have to go through all these times alone like you've got family to speak to you've got friends to speak to you've got teachers to speak to it's not being a grass or it's not like making you look weak it's just you asking for help especially for like guys it's it's meant to be like you don't really speak about your feelings but normally now it's becoming a, a lot more popular and people are speaking about the feelings uh, it's not it doesn't make a guy look any weaker or makes you look bad towards the rest of the guys if you speak out and go you know like i am getting bullied or like i am struggling during these times that's fine i'd rather someone goes to speak to someone than suffer it alone and then it all bottles up um but i was if i have to rant to someone i've i've got like them little groups of people i can speak to and just um go through my issues with them um but like i say school it, it was a hard time it was like i say the bullying was there but i did enjoy it at times i i wasn't i was smart but i wasn't like majorly smart like when i finally got my gcse result i got one c 
which was in like uh Ori religious education like how like of all the subjects I could have got a like a saying it was that that was taught by a teacher who spent the majority of the lessons just talking waffle like you'd literally you'd start a story and then every student obviously in that class would get me keep talking and then that would be the lesson done so how that happened I have no idea um and obviously like I, I went through school I, I did drama in GCSE which um was quite enjoyable it well, I had a good laugh and obviously I had the chance through that to perform on the Theatre Royal stage in Newcastle which was absolutely amazing um obviously I'd lit- I wasn't one of like the popular people in that class so I didn't obviously have um like massive lines I didn't I literally had one word well not one word I had like a line I was like one of the times I was like a a town crier for obviously the the play um and obviously my mate he had like the same and he came out on stage like a memory will stay with me forever he came out on stage and uh, I think he was meant to say oh ladies and gentlemen come and see come and see the show and then he was like he was like ladies and oh crap I forgot my line and then just walked off in front of like four other schools and it was like oh mate like what have you just done but that is a memory I'll, I'll always like remember I remember in drama I had my mum got us like a film uh, camera like yeah so she got us that and obviously don't judge the way I say film like I'm I'm from the north like yeah so obviously she got us that and I'm gutted like I've still got the camera but I lost the like the actual film with the pictures on it which I would love to be able to find one day and be able to get them developed and be able to see the memories because there's memories were had there and obviously there's memories I would like the treasure um, obviously due to situations that I'd went through which obviously I'll go on with a bit later um, it, it was a really good time like drama was just an easy time um, you could just go and just let off some steam and just basically just let you go like I was I was interested in dr- drama a bit but it wasn't something like I would go on to do in the future because I'm not you know I'm not really talented like I can't sing I can't dance I think I can dance after a few uh, drinks but no I'm not I'm not a dramatic person on the stage I might be dramatic off but not on so obviously like I said school school was done and then I'd stayed on for the first year of sixth form doing travelling tourism no idea why um, and then obviously halfway through like I think I did one year I think I did year 12 and then I was like nah this isn't for me like I think I had a few more like essays to do and then, then I would have been done but I was like no it's it's not for me so obviously I left there and I was like I was working at the time so I would have been what 17 so I think I was next or top man which was obviously going to careers later and then I left like I says and then my mate was like well I'm at college like why don't you come and 
come to college and I was like oh do I so obviously I went along there and I did applied science in my first year which I've never really been a science guy so why I did that obviously I did like your physics your chemistry and stuff like that and then obviously I got I did key skills there so obviously I got me maths me English C's in college so that was good and then in my second year I did forensic science which I was actually quite interested in at the time because um, it was like because obviously there's lots of shows about like CSI and stuff and obviously I did stuff like that I did like psychology through there I did criminology I did um like I researched about like RTCs and RTAs and obviously just learning literally about forensic science basically as one of the memories I'll always remember from there is we did a mock crime scene in one of the lessons and we obviously had a like a mannequin to do not, not to do that sounds a bit, a bit wrong um to obviously work with and obviously use as a dead person basically and obviously I was given the task to take the mannequin back to the office and the thing with the mannequin is for some reason they give a, a bush which um, when you're walking through a college hold the mannequin with a bush around college age boys and girls it, you're going to get some looks you're going to get some comments and I feel like my face was quite red during that um, so I'll try to get rid of her as soon as possible so like I said, I did, I did enjoy college and obviously I, I made a good group of friends that I don't really speak to unfortunately now. Obviously I've got them on social media but yeah they're, they're you know in, in the college past. And then during there now I was obviously coming around to get my house and I was like I can't really afford to have a house when I'm still in college so obviously I was like I'm, I'm just gonna leave and people around me were like you're stupid like you have this bit left this bit left and if you just do that then you'll finish like college you'll you'll be able to get your your um grades in forensic science and then maybe go into uni but I was like no I'm gonna leave um so I was saying I left so then we'll go into um careers now and obviously during this podcast it might sound like I'm waffling on a bit and if obviously I talk a bit too fast then obviously I'll be getting feedback obviously like by listeners and then obviously improve during these episodes but like I said this one is just a lot of information about me and just just talk about me really because I don't really do that so so yeah so I've had a lot of jobs um i've started what was it yeah 16 year old started at next obviously just like it says still in school at the time and obviously i had to wear like a suit and obviously i never really wore suits so i felt a bit silly i wasn't i can't iron a shirt still still get me a my mum or my dad are in my shirt which you know I'm, I'm 29 I should learn this stuff but if they can iron fantastic so yeah so like I says I did that but it was like a Christmas temp job so it ended up actually me my twin and my older sister actually working there Um, obviously me and Sarah uh, 
didn't obviously get kept on after Christmas, but my sister did. And she ended up there for three three yeah three four years i think and obviously she left when she had madison and obviously didn't go back and then obviously the one after that so we're in about 2008 now i think it uh, was top man and um, i worked in the stock room there like this the staff in top man were um they were attractive so i was like i, I wouldn't really be seen on the shop floor because i'm not the image to look for um because i'm not putting myself down here like obviously i do actually put myself down sometimes but like my gauge in looks for me is like i'm not brad pitt but at the same time i'm not a jeremy kyle guest like i have my own teeth but i don't have hollywood looks but obviously there's still in shops now and obviously i'll come on to a story in a second um about looks where it is about the image it's basically it's not about the experience you have in the job sometimes it's about how you look and promoting that brand and keeping them like the standards up high um which obviously i didn't seem to have for top man but like it says i worked in the stock room there for about two three months i think it was and obviously like i says christmas temp didn't get kept on um so i left there and then i went i think this one was a company called event cover which is like a student company so obviously i did like lots of events we used to do stuff at the arena which obviously i'll come on to soon uh, so that's a metro radio arena in newcastle which is now the utilita arena i think uh, so i did that i used to go up to murrayfield and do the rugby up in scotland which was um was a good laugh um so i did that for quite a while and obviously then left there um let's try and keep track of which jobs you had and then i did 202 202 clothing if anyone remembers in the newcastle area it used to be in eldon square next to g star Raw, a bit of a throwback and obviously the nufc store so I worked there I got a Saturday job there no no I think I replied and I didn't get the job but I was like I, I really want this job like I want I need the money so I literally emailed the manager and I was like I'll do anything like I'll work one day a week or whatever like I'll work in the stock room whatever and I did I got a job in the stock room so it was like a Saturday job and then obviously the hours were getting more and more and then I said the manager someone left and I was like well can I like get some hours like can I get some shop floor hours and then she was like yeah we'll try it out and then obviously someone else left and then ended up being full time on the shop floor I was at one point I was the only male working in that store and there was probably about 20 other girls which is um, it, it can be good like I was working with some beautiful beautiful girls um, but you know sometimes girls can be a bit bitchy or they can start talking about stuff that is not acceptable for my ears which they'd started i was on i remember i've been on the shop floor once and they were talking about the size of a, a certain gentleman and i was like whoops time for me to walk away and sort these shoes out um but like i says i did that for about a year and i loved it like the banter was so good like i literally had so much fun 
but the owner was a bit of a dick so he came one night and then he was like yeah I'm shutting the shop down like literally came and cleared the shop and obviously we got text off the manager saying yeah he's came and cleared the shop so I'm actually funnily enough still owed money by him nine years later so we'd went we'd all met in the shop um, obviously after we shut and just got drunk really um, which was a good laugh obviously I don't really speak to any of them now but obviously like I say I still have them on social media which is a recurring theme like if we've worked together you might still be like be on my social media but we don't speak anymore like you might get the odd instagram like or facebook like from me and obviously it might be vice versa but that's literally communication same as school friends that you think during school are going to be your lifelong friends it's literally just a like on social media and that's it um but yeah so like i said i was gutted to leave that place um because i thought you know what if what what happened like if this if i stayed there there's been a lot of what ifs during my like jobs which obviously i'll go on to more later and so like i said that was shut down so i was like i've got no job again and obviously like i said i have a house to pay for so i think at that time i had to sign on and get some dole which never ever ever be embarrassed about that like it's better to get help and then obviously keep looking for jobs and basically help you survive rather than going no well i don't want that it's bad for you da, da, da. people are just lazy on the door they're not they're constantly you have to constantly look for jobs and you have to apply for jobs obviously otherwise you don't get your money and obviously like i said i had a house to run if i didn't obviously have a house to run then i don't know what i would have done then but like i said i did that and then that was say it's 2011 and then i went to a shop in metro center at the time and it was called gift fusion and it was like a gadget shop and it was next to debenhams um in literally in the corner hidden away i can't remember what it is now i think it was a clothing shop afterwards simply b i think it was and then it shut down and that uh, i'm not sure what's there so I'd obviously applied there and I was like, alright, you know what, I'll, I'll go for it. And then they offered us a 43-hour week contract. I was like, well, of course I'm going to take that. Like, who's going to turn down a 43-hour contract? So, obviously I took that. I did that for a month or so. And then a supervisor job was coming up. And then I was like, you know what, like, I'm going to go for it. And obviously I went for it and the manager was like, right, okay, you've got it. So obviously I got trained and doing that. But then the store manager left so it was left to me and this other supervisor who was part-time to run the store so there was a time where i was literally opening closing five six days a week and then obviously the point came where it, it turned out it was another christmas job so the manager like the area manager messaged me one day and he was like yeah don't open tomorrow and obviously i wasn't meant to tell the staff I told one person because she was giving us a lift at the time so yeah just shut the shop and then obviously we were delayed getting paid for that so we'd stopped helping them clear up the shop and then 
yeah it was just like that that was gone another one and then after that i think i had a couple of months obviously unemployed and then there was a shoe shop called dykeman or dyshman however people pronounce it and then that was like a new shoe store opening in the metro center so i had to go to crumbling was it crumbling yeah i think it was crumbling then to do some training which was a mission but the first day i got there or the first day i got the bus stop to go there i saw someone i was like i recognize that girl and it turned out to be this girl kaylee who i'd worked with at Gifusion, and we're like uh, where are you going and then obviously we told each other we're like oh my god we're going to the same place literally we're gonna go for the same like company so obviously went there together and obviously we were talking during the like the the little meeting there and they're like oh do you know each other i was like well yeah like i used to be her manager and obviously they're like oh what's he like and it's like well yeah he's all right uh so obviously got that worked in cramlington and then obviously the metro center store opened so i worked there it was an all right bunch of people um they could be a bit bitchy at times and obviously then there was accusations afterwards that i'd said some harsh stuff about people which i didn't but that's in the past so it was getting the point where i was like i was only doing about 16 hours a week and i was like i don't i don't like this um so i was like i'm, I'm gonna leave so i was like okay okay i'm, I'm going and then uh, i had another job at the time with a sh- uh, company called showsec which is a security company like security slash steward and obviously that was the new contract who had the metro radio arena at the time so obviously i was like i'm leaving dykeman and then i'm going to show sec full time and then they're like what, what are you doing i was like well yeah i'm going there and then obviously the show sec has been amazing like i've done some amazing stuff like i've worked the queen's jubilee i've worked the olympic games i've worked numerous numerous um arena gigs like did like beyonce i've done like Nicki minaj michael buble kiss stuff like that like mamma mia disney on ice like you used to see grown men like 30 40 year old stewards just stand there watching disney on ice like signal along um i managed to work the there was a gig in olympic park not long after it opened and it was tiesto and it was like sixty five thousand fans there which was mental um but it was like so hot but then during that gig obviously i'd went to the toilet or something and then i came back and i was like why is there a big space in like this crowd and I, then i realized they were chucking like buckets of wee all over each other and i was like no nah, nah, i can't deal with this um but it was still a good gig good night and then during that time it it happened again i was like well i can't afford just to keep this job going like i need more money to pay for the house and stuff and i always said i would never go to a food place um like a kfc or a mcdonald's it was a last resort and i was like i'm I'm desperate i need to go so my friend at the time um obviously one of my best friends was working there and then she was like oh like go see the manager and like obviously see see what she says so i went to see this manager in 2013 and then she was like all right you've got the job i was like oh my god thank god for that and then i ended up doing four years there but 
during that time, obviously, I became team leader, which was obviously really good at the time. Um, but I was too soft towards people. Like, I was always wanting to be people's friends. So, like, I'd moved from one store. It was a drive through store uh, in Gateshead, obviously, now the Metro Centre. And I moved to the Yellow Mall in the Metro Centre. So, that's down, it's downstairs. It's now shut now. But obviously I moved there as a trainee team leader. And then, like I say, as I came at this new store, like, all friendly, trying to be everyone's friend, basically. Which has always been my issue. Like, I've been too nice for my own good. And obviously that's, like, failed me in the past with, like, obviously jobs and girls and stuff like that. And obviously, like, just getting treated bad. Um, but obviously, like I say, as I moved there and obviously became a team leader. And I was a team leader, I think, for about... A year, I think, and I was smashing so many hours. And then you have this thing called Rock it comes in, it's like an ins inspection, and obviously, like, they inspect like health and safety, stuff like that. But obviously, we had like an area manager come in one time, and there was an issue on the floor. But I was missing like two staff members, um, and obviously, he took me off shiffering him, which I was absolutely good for. Like, when he was sitting us down talking to us about it, um, I was. I was literally I thought I was near to tears and he was like I don't like doing this I was like alright oh, whatever so obviously I got took off that and then I was like well I had like investigations coming up and I was like well I don't want to lose my job I can't afford to lose my job so obviously I took the thing to like demote to team member again um, which was obviously hard like and obviously I got wound up about it but it was either that or become unemployed, which I didn't want to do. Uh, obviously, I seemed I didn't realise at the time. Obviously, but I put quite a bit of weight on as a team leader because I was literally just sitting down and in the office, obviously doing my work and stuff, but doing a lot less work as a team member. And then, obviously, when I came back to a team member, I lost loads of weight. Um, but obviously, there was issues with um team member. Uh the issue was you don't like getting relationships with people you work with um and it was like it was good for a while obviously like i like this girl but obviously then when you split up with that person you have to work with it's a bit awkward so i was like well i can't really do this like it was just drama filled everyone was just causing issues and i was like well no i'm gonna gonna get myself out of this situation and one of my old managers, who used to be my manager in KFC, he was like, like, I'm working at Nando's now, if you want to come along for a trial shift. I was like, you know, I'll give it a go. And then I went there and I uh, obviously got the job. And then I ended up staying there for a year. But the thing is, between KFC and Nando's, it was like Christmas time. So I had a Christmas night out with the KFC people. Which the previous night I'd heat up some salad, which you shouldn't do, and obviously it made us very ill. <laughs> it was food poisoning, so I was obviously at this um, KFC night out, literally just emptying my bowels um, in both ends, <laughs> to put it disgustingly. Um, so I was obviously ill, but I was like, I'm not going to miss a, a night out, am I? And then obviously about two weeks later, obviously I did Nando's night out, which if you ever worked at Nando's or if you ever get a job at Nando's they're amazing they would hire like they would shut the 
stores, like all the ones in the area, are like six, where they normally shut at nine or ten or whatever. And then they were hire a club. I was in Newcastle. The the favourite for them was uh, hiring Purdue. Uh, so they would hire there. And then obviously you get a wristband for drinks, which would normally equal like five um, double vodkas and Coke, which is, that gets me smashed. Like I remember the first time I'd had a Nando's night out, which was that first Christmas one, I got a job with a girl I used to work with in KFC. And we were absolutely smashed. Like we were just twerking all over. And I found out afterwards, the people obviously who I worked with at the time, they were like, we fought like years put together. We were like, who are these new people coming in here? Because we were just wild. Uh, so obviously I did a few of them jobs. Like, yeah, uh, nights out, sorry. And then, the thing is, I'm, I'm obviously going to say this now. So there's an issue with workplace, like banter in general, right? Where sometimes it's classed as banter, but sometimes it's also bullying a bit. So... During my career, obviously, I've had, obviously, I've worked with a lot of guys and that, and then it does get up to a point, and I've had it where it's you feel like a bit victimized by that one person or like a group of people where they're like, well, he's an easy target, we're gonna go for him. So there was times in like KFC and there was times in Nando's where it was like, well, it's not banter, but it gets put across as banter um which ne- never classed as banter if you feel like it's bullying then say something and do something about it because of the, in the guy world like if someone's saying something to the other person and they don't even realize it's hurting that one person they'll go oh no it's just banter it's just having a laugh which sometimes it might be but others it's not but then if you turn around and say it to them obviously like I said it's got easier now if you turn around and say to them and go well I don't like that I feel like I'm getting a bit bullied here they'll be like ha it's not it's banter which has happened a lot um, but then the thing is then it gets to the point in my workplace which has happened a lot where I'm literally just coming in for the money like the only reason at times I stayed at KFC for so long was the money Sometimes it was the friends and the people I work with. Um, but when it gets to the bad points, it's money. So it's like, well, I need money to survive and I'm just going to have to put up with this shit. And just, yeah, get a paycheck, really. Like I said, I really enjoyed Nando's, like I said. And I really enjoyed the... Um, like the nights out and stuff and the people were really nice and obviously you always got a staff meal sometimes you got two staff meals which is can be deadly because um so when i started i never knew what to get because first time i really went nando's was i think the first time was in australia um but after that didn't really go um so obviously when i got the job like i started playing so it was like a plain burger with chips and coleslaw but obviously as i went on and on obviously i tried more and then obviously ended up with like you could get like two bits of chicken and two side orders with like your staff meal or my favourite is fino pita peritema creamy mash and chips and then I used to get the extra extra hot sauce which I tried first time I tried that my eyes were streaming and I was like I'm on fire right now but you get used to it so 
if you ever try it like try it like have some milk next day or have some water but try it so like I says it was getting to the point where it was like I was happy in Nando's and then my friend Georgia literally the best ever who will be a future guest on here she was like I'm applying for British Airways which obviously is my current company and I was like oh really she was like oh just I think she told me to apply or I was like I'm, I'm just going to apply thing is with British Airways it's obviously a very premium company and obviously it's one of the biggest known brands so I was like alright okay I'll give it a go Um, so I applied obviously you had to do an assessment online and then obviously I passed that and I was like whoa okay and then you get invited to an assessment day so the first assessment day I went for um, obviously I got the mega bus down which is about a seven hour journey which is really depressing i think i was about two hours in and that i remembered i was going down with my sister and then i realized i was like shit i forgot my passport and obviously i didn't want to tell amy because there was nothing we could do really um and then i told her when we got to london i was like amy like i forgot my passport and she was like are you actually serious and i was like yeah so obviously I rang BA and I was like, well, I, I'm in London, but I forgot my passport. Like, would you take like a photocopy of it? Because I already had a photocopy for some reason. And then they were like, no, I'm really sorry. Like, you need the, like the physical one. I was like, oh, nah. So we ended up doing a, um, like a trip around London, basically. We obviously went to Buckingham Palace and stuff. We hired the bikes, went to some, um, the... I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a bunker that um, Churchill went to. And obviously King George, not really good with the royalty, King George went to, which was crazy. Like, it was standing in that place where, like, like there used to be fighting wars from here. And it used to be, like, Churchill was standing here, royalty was standing, like, across there. So we did that. And obviously, thankfully, the letters rearrange this assessment day because they could have said nah see you later you're an idiot like who forgets a passport when you're coming for a job in aviation so obviously I rearranged it and then I went down myself and it was so nerve-wracking because you have to go to their headquarters uh, in Waterside near Heathrow and I was like you know I'm, I'm not I'm not very good for this like I'm, I'm not going to get it and obviously I remember sitting there I was like oh hello like I'm here for the assessment day and I remember I met this girl called Amberine uh, amazing girl and obviously because the receptionist was like oh said to her oh there's a guy waiting there so we ended up obviously chatting and then so obviously went into this so there's different parts of it obviously at the beginning you do like a height test obviously make sure you can reach the overhead lockers and make sure you can hold the door while you um, are able to deploy the slide Obviously, I did that. Nearly fell over when I deployed the uh, slide. And then the second part is a group interview. Uh, like a group activity, sorry. So I think I was given where well, I have to open up a restaurant. And then you have to work together to plan what you need. And obviously what's good for this restaurant, what's bad and stuff like that. So it's basically just to show that you can work with others. So I was put in a group where there was me, the only male and there was six other females so I was like 
oh my god like I think that was a bit of a thing to say is he just going to sit back and let them do the work is he actually going to be hurt over them and then obviously like I said that's, I said me pieces obviously I like made sure someone was keeping keeping their time obviously I remember a part of my friend said like make sure like I said you're, you're trying offer to keep the time or make sure everything is um like done properly so there was a part of it where there was some like examples of what we needed still turned over so i was like oh what so i was like i said i was like oh guys have we checked these ones and i think that's what maybe got me over the line because i'd noticed them and i think sometimes that is done on purpose to see if you actually go through all of them so yeah so i did that and i was like all right okay and then it gets to the point where they split you up so they say uh, this person so the the call out names or whatever and then they split you up and then when they call out names i was like well they looked good they look good and then i was like oh my god it's my name getting called and then my name got called i was like oh my god so i was like and then they separated us took us in like a room and then they were like oh congratulations you made it the next stage it was like a sigh of relief but the bad thing is you can hear the unsuccessful ones leaving the obviously the place and it was horrible because you'd spent like quite a few hours like speaking to them getting to know them and obviously now they're gone so obviously after that there was a two-on-one interview and then no actually before that you did a like a little one-to-one -one thing where you like a role play so you had to sell something and you had to be able to show you could read a like a um what's it called like an announcement a PA obviously so I did that I, I never really like hear myself speak and I don't I can probably count on one hand how many t times I've done a PA because I, I think I messed one up once and I was like no I can't do it so um yeah so i did that and then he did a two-on-one interview which i ended up talking about nando's with them um obviously their orders and stuff like that so obviously did that and i was like all right okay so i'm gonna have to wait to find out i think it was about a day two days and then they were like oh yeah you're successful and i was like oh my god what and then yeah so i'd passed that and then obviously got the got the job and like it says i've been here since march last year which is crazy like i've done like say obviously now we've been in lockdown so i've basically done like years fly but i've done some amazing things like i've done i've been to um done a singapore sydney four times i think it is which is like i said earlier like a nine day trip i've done a camel ride around um, pyramids in obviously cairo i've done a horseback safari in johannesburg I've done, I went around Buenos Aires, I've done, obviously I've done America, so I've done Vegas four times I think it was, uh, the first ever time I went to Vegas there was an issue with the plane, so it turned into like a five day Vegas, so I did like the sign, I did Magic Mountains, um, obviously did Bellagio Fountains, it's just trying to think, Cape Town, done that a few times, I've never been out to Cape Town yet. Obviously, I've had the steak, which is amazing. If you ever go to Cape Town or Buenos Aires or Johannesburg, get the steak. It is unreal. Um, so, like I says, I've done all them. It is 
like I never thought I would see myself in aviation because so I only took um, the first flight in 2017 as a passenger so I'd never had a passport and obviously like I said my sister lived in Australia so I was like I'm gonna go there so I went there for a month like I say this was my first ever time on a plane first ever time on holiday was for a month in Australia I started big and then obviously after that I went to my friend's wedding because he married a Polish uh, girl so I'd went in that year in October I think it was and then the only times I've really been as a passenger on holiday and then obviously like I say this job came around and I was like what but like since then I've done I think it was about I think I've done about 150 flights and um, obviously over 300,000 miles in the time I've been here and obviously like I say there's been lockdown obviously I'm not at work yet and obviously I'm furloughed again for this month so I don't even know when I'm due to go back but I'm looking forward to it very very much because I've missed flying it's, the thing is with this job it's not so much bitchiness as my previous job because you'll work with someone and you might not work with them ever again because like you'll, there's that many crew you'll literally do I think over my like year and a bit flying I think I've been with the same people once or twice i think there's a girl called robin i've flown with like three times um a girl called Ginny. i did a couple of times with and it was yeah it was it's mad like the last flight i did was san diego in march which i'd met a girl called tiger who was um a guest coming up in the future uh, but I'd position back which means you come back as a passenger because obviously that's when the virus was obviously really starting to shut down America so I'd managed to come back on the 747 as a passenger and obviously operate on her as well which obviously now she's gone from British Airways which is really upsetting because she, she was an old girl but she was seeing her in the sky is really something uh, so like I said that was my last flight but this last bit like this lockdown has made me appreciate like how much I really enjoyed flying and how much I need to spend more time outside my room because I spent a lot of time inside my room because um, sometimes you are tired but I need to force myself next time to go out and do more Um, but yeah so that's my that's my childhood that's my jobs and obviously now I'm gonna talk get a bit personal Um. Because obviously during my life, like it says, I've been through a lot. But there's been a lot of personal loss in that time. Which is... It, it's been a hard time. And then obviously I've been... Had like people that support us and stuff like that. But like it says, I've experienced uh, losing a lot of loved ones. Like I've... Like we're going to obviously talk about the ones I've lost now. So obviously in 2009... No, sorry, 2001, first of all, I'd lost my granddad when I was 10, which obviously I'd never really lost anyone before, and obviously I was only 10, so I didn't really understand much. Obviously, I understood some, but obviously I didn't go to the funeral and stuff like that. So obviously, I say I lost him in 2001, which was obviously heartbreaking, because I would never see him again. And then the first time I really understood was I'd lost my friend in 2009, 
uh, called Amy. So obviously she sadly died of cancer. And she was only um, 18 at the time, which was absolutely good. Like she'd been my childhood friend and obviously we'd been all the way through secondary school together. And she'd, she'd beat it once, but obviously then it caught she caught it again and obviously obviously lost her fight which was the first funeral I'd went to and it was just it broke my heart it really did um, and I was like oh like hopefully that is it for you know a very 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 long time but then it it seemed to just go downhill um, so I'd lost my Jaro Nana which was my mum's friend uh my mum's friend, I do apologise. My mum's mum, obviously thinking about Amy, my friend. Um, so I lost her the same date as I lost Amy on the 4th of October. Um, but obviously I lost my nana 15 years in 2015. And obviously I lost Amy in 2009. So I was like, now the 4th of October is like a memory day for both of them which is obviously even more heartbreaking because obviously like I said I lost my best friend and obviously I lost I lost my nana but I loved her like literally obviously I used to go obviously in Sierra and Jarrow and obviously give her loads of kisses on the cheeks and stuff and just give her she she loved me and obviously I loved her and she was just she was my world and obviously after during that time obviously I was a pallbearer as well for her funeral um, which obviously I'd never done before but obviously I felt proud to help take her on a final journey obviously me and uh, obviously her sons and obviously our other nephew which was there was a little funny time which we'd obviously found amusing as a family because it's not a tall family like my mum's side so obviously the, the uh, six of us was uh, obviously carrying her in and then obviously my uncle Paul was uh, he was that small he was like underneath the coffin basically just helping carrying it with his head and stuff so obviously yeah so that was she she would have laughed at that um, but obviously at that time of the funeral obviously my auntie Mary was feeling quite unwell and obviously she didn't really know what was wrong with her at the time and would found out in the new year of um, 2016 should I um, had a brain tumour which was actually soul destroying for obviously her and for everyone it was like like what's happening like uh, so she was obviously fighting that like she was literally the strongest most funniest person I've ever met Um, so it was like well she'll get through anything like she's so strong Um, but obviously sadly obviously on the 28th of October 2016 she'd lost a fight and obviously that was another person I sadly say goodbye to um, and obviously I was like I said Paul Bearer for her as well which was like I say is another honour to help carry her but I was like I, I can't deal with much like much more loss um, but it it didn't seem that way but and also in the November of that year, on the 19th of November, my um, nana, class of nana up the road, my dad's mum, just suddenly passed away. Um, so I was like, like what, what? Literally like less than a month later, obviously we'd lost her. And it was like, it, 
it was getting a bit numb losing all these people and obviously some people in my life know that obviously I've lost people but obviously they don't see me 24-7 so obviously they don't see the downside they don't see like me having to like just shield away a bit because I'm not like it don't really show me emotions much if I'm like angry or sad I just go quiet like I don't I don't really cry which is obviously I should like it's it's meant to be a good like a release if you just have a good cry but I just I think it was that um, was that numb from losing people now it was just there was nothing there um, so like it says obviously like it says after I lost her and I was like I, we can't deal with any more as a family but we'd got a June uh, 6th of June uh, 2017 and my cousin was on his motorbike and it came off and obviously he tragically died and it was like like this family has went through so much loss like within a two-year period we'd lost four people and it was just it destroyed the family like it says my mom had obviously she now lost both parents she lost a sister and obviously she lost a nephew and obviously my dad had lost obviously his mom and obviously like a sister-in-law um it it's heartbreaking and obviously that was one of the hardest times and obviously always will be one of the hardest times in my life um but obviously i got through it with the help of family and friends and stuff so yeah so if you've lost someone close to you just always remember use the people around you don't let it bottle up and just if you want to cry cry and just let it out but yeah hopefully i don't lose anyone for a very very long time Um, obviously i was on another lighter note i was going to talk about relationships in this one but it's a very short one Um, i've literally had two two girlfriends and the longest relationship in 29 years is two and a half months which is what even is that like i'm amazing like i'm an amazing boyfriend like i literally treat everyone like the queen um but it just seems like yeah um yeah <laughs> i don't even know where to go from that like maybe i'm gonna meet someone in the future like i do want to get married and i do want to have um children but i'm not looking at the minute like i'm in a job where i'm flying the world obviously not the minute now but i'm flying the world and i'm enjoying it so if someone comes along someone comes along but just finishing up yes as, as uh, the app i'm using tells me i've only got an hour so it's nearly an hour which i can't believe so obviously i'm every guest i have on now i'm going to tell them to bring their favorite quote um which obviously they go by or they just love and obviously the quote i'm going to go by for me is never let the fear striking out keep you from playing the game and obviously if anyone recognizes that it's from um cinderella story with hillary duff which was a childhood crush of mine and it's basically true it is never let things that's getting you down keep you down basically like the things that make you feel bad in life or makes you feel like you're not going to get through this will make you stronger obviously i've got through all this personal loss and obviously then job losses and obviously like say these small relationships but it does make me stronger it's made me a lot more confident and a lot more outgoing and willing to do more stuff because of 
the pain I've went through and stuff like that but yeah so that's basically the end of this episode of Galley Chat which was named after the crew's decision so until next time this is me signing out goodbye